You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Shout out the Never Nudes. Near and far. Oh, there are dozens of us, Michael. Dozens! It's Courtney Crone and Randy Scott with you. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. She is at Courtney R. Cronin on uh, Twitter. I'm at Randy Scott ESPN. So uh, Arrested Development references, they're just fly, just flying by, right? We're just ignoring them. We're just not going to... I have never seen the show. I understand. So I, I wouldn't have to abide by Chris Carlin's asinine rule, <laughs> or I guess see how upset he gets with people about the statute yeah. of limitations for when you can talk about a show. Randy, you can throw these references. You can talk about the plot. You can talk about how you feel about the character development, the whole thing. I won't come at you. I will come at you, though, for your cologne choices and the fact that you used to do the pseudo shower mm-hmm. and take your cologne and, and Take your sweaty body in high school and mask it for five minutes. Uh, all right. So that was mask for five minutes. You can join the conversation. The CC call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. This has become the conversation of the day. Okay? It's an ancillary conversation. It's the frosting to the cake. But what is the first cologne or perfume that you remember wearing, that you started wearing as a youngster, uh, we've got Judith in Indiana. We've got Brent in South Carolina. Corey in Pennsylvania. Nico in California. Hang on. We're going to get you uh, in a, just a few minutes here. we got to get to what Patrick Mahomes said and, quite frankly, what he didn't say as well uh, at Chiefs OTAs, claiming the seventh. Now, Patrick Mahomes is the seventh highest paid NFL quarterback on an average annual salary. That kind of that surprised me. Because I was working the day that he got his $500 million contract, right? His, I guess, adjusted now $480 million contract. But he's number seven when he's certainly a top two or three quarterback in the league right now, depending on where your fan allegiances lie. But Courtney, he spoke on this discrepancy, right? The talent and the rings relative to now a, a less than competitive salary for his position. He spoke on that disparity at Chiefs OTAs. Yeah, I mean, I, I always keep, me and my agent and the team always keep open communication uh, and we try to do whatever is the best for the team but obviously I want to do the best for myself as well um, but at the same time I, I want to I've always said I, I worry about legacy and winning rings more than making money at this moment um, but uh, I'm, I know we keep communication we see what's going on around the league um, but at the same time I'll never do anything that's going to hurt us from keeping the great players around me so it's kind of teetering around that line. Courtney you said this reminds you of one recently retired quarterback legend in particular, right? Tom Brady was never the highest paid quarterback ever. And he made more than $300 million in his NFL career. He's going to make a hell of a lot more as a broadcaster. But that approach of I'm not going to take away from the resources my team can utilize to build the core around me, that's the Brady approach. In, in 21, after winning the Super Bowl during the 2020 season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was the 15th highest paid quarterback. And that's wild when you think about that. Like, wow, he's the greatest ever potentially to do it. 
his salary never reflected that, like what you would think. And if you go and look at the top quarterback salaries in the NFL right now, like do this based on three-year cash. Like that's how much you find like, the true value of a contract. Cap hits, all those things are not the true indicator of how much somebody makes. Patrick Mahomes has the highest cap hit of any quarterback in, in 2023 and his is nearly $40 million. He's not even top five in three-year cash. It's Lamar Jackson, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Sean Watson, Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson. And you've got to wonder, hey, if Patrick Mahomes is not going to push to be the next you know, highest-paid quarterback, and this market feels like it's changing on a monthly basis when these new deals get inked, how is that going to affect the next deals that come down the pipeline, whether it's for Joe Burrow, whether it's for Justin Herbert, and then whoever else is next from the 2021 draft class, and then you know, so on and so forth? Because if the, hot, if the best quarterback is not the highest-paid quarterback, does that potentially put a cap on earnings elsewhere from the guys who are below him in statistical production? It absolutely does. And, and that's why the recipe was what it was for Tom Brady in Foxborough, because your point is well made. Uh, Tom Brady was never the highest paid quarterback. Uh, he trusted until he stopped, right? Until he stopped trusting the, uh, the Patriots to build a winning roster around him. And once the Patriots showed some ineptitude, Bill Belichick in particular, uh, on draft night in particular, at certain skill positions in particular, shout out Sony Michelle with Nick Chubb on the on the board. Uh, you know, like once those decisions were made, Brady decided he had to finish his career somewhere else where he could make the money, right? Recoup some of the money that he left on the table while also giving himself a chance to win. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read through the top seven. And you tell me who you feel most comfortable winning a Super Bowl with. Who has the best chance? And this is not on the three-year cash. That's I just don't have that list in front of me. Just on average annual value. Lamar Jackson with Baltimore is the highest. Jalen Hurts with the Eagles is second. Aaron Rodgers, Jets, third. And then it's Russell Wilson and the Broncos, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, Deshaun Watson and the Browns, and then you get to Mahomes at seventh. So you want me to pick from like one through six who I'm most comfortable with? Anybody? Yeah. Or do you want me well, to no, like put, put Mahomes, Mahomes in there? Because put Mahomes, Mahomes in the group. I would put Mahomes at the top of right. the list right. because he's done it and he just did it. So I, I mean, that's always it, it, it affects the rest of the group. And you've got to wonder how these other quarterbacks in line are thinking with Patrick Mahomes. Because remember last year when we saw the Russell Wilson trade from Seattle to Denver and what that contract became. And then when Kyler Murray signed his deal, everyone at the time's wondering, will there ever be a duplicate of what Deshaun Watson got from the Cleveland Browns, which was the fully guaranteed $230 million five-year contract. And what Kyler Murray got is an average annual value, about $100,000 more per year than a Deshaun Watson, but the guarantees weren't there. And the question became, is that going to set back the quarterback market? Is that going to hurt future earnings? And very clearly, with what you saw Lamar Jackson get, what you saw before him and Jalen Hurts get, that doesn't seem to, to quantify because Kyler Murray had not won a Super Bowl and not been to a Super Bowl and really hadn't had much postseason success. And those other two who had been to the postseason and done it you know, several times now, and obviously Jalen Hurts getting the Super Bowl, that was reflected in the amount that they made. I don't know what it's going to do for Patrick Mahomes personally if he doesn't 
get a, you know a contract if he's even seeking something that makes him a top five quarterback. I am concerned though what that means for the others who are coming down the line and waiting for their extensions because a notoriously cheap team like the Cincinnati Bengals they've got to pay Joe Burrow. We know that that's happening any day now really because we are in in the window for him to get his extension. But will they make him the highest paid or will they make him one of the highest paid? Because if you've got someone like Patrick Mahomes setting that standard, who's to say if you're another team waiting to pay your quarterback? Well, the highest, you know, the best guy in the NFL does not demand this sort of money. You are not there on the same statistical level. We're not going to pay you reflecting that. No, that's I mean, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at where Josh Allen ranks. He's right behind Patrick Mahomes. And now. Mahomes' deal is the oldest among the top seven. He signed it in the teeth of the pandemic, July of 2020. Josh Allen signed his in 2021. And then you look at Deshaun signed his a year ago. And and Kyler Murray wasn't that long ago. Russell Wilson not that long ago. So Mahomes has aged out of being the highest paid. And it's still within $7 million of what Lamar Jackson is making. I think if you're the NFL, certainly if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think if you're the league as a whole, you don't want to start setting a precedent where players feel like they can force your hand to renegotiate your your, your contract at this stratosphere um, every every three years, to be sure. Canty and Carlin, she's Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. So the conversation and the call in line, the CC call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 Three seven seven six. It's not about Patrick Mahomes. It's not about his salary. It's about the first cologne or perfume that you started wearing, or the one that you started to remember your friends wearing, or maybe your significant other wearing. Let's get to Brent in South Carolina. He's been holding for a while. Brent, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, hey, what's going on? What's going on? First, I got a little riddle for uh, for Courtney. Hey, Courtney, who is the best smelling football player on the team? On what team? On the team that I cover, the Bears? On the foot on the football team. Any team. I don't know. It's Please the right, enlighten. It's the right guard. That is uh Is that a okay, is that a, a is that a cologne? Should I know that? It's a deodorant joke. Oh right guard no. is a deodorant. Anyway. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll go we'll we'll get to colognes. Fruit was happening when we were growing up. And there was a commercial with Joe Frazier and he would splash on some fruit with his hands. And when he patted his face, he would knock himself down. Oh, oh I like that because he was so uh, so mean and strong. I don't remember Brute, but I remember Aramis because my dad still wears it. And I think he still has the original bottle. Like, I think this bottle just regenerates on itself. Like, a certain amount of humidity hits the inside of the bottle, and it just, like, I don't know. It just <laughs> no, keeps... Brute was one of those those strong, tough-smelling smell, like Stetson. Like, it was, like, one of those where you don't want to light a match near, anywhere near it because it was it's... one of those... <laughs> Is that the stuff that Kevin McAllister in Home Alone put on his hands and slapped on his face and then started screaming because it was burning? I think so. Like in the green bottle? Like the yes. green dark glass bottle? Yes. yes. Is that what that is? With glass so thick so, it was probably like an ounce of the stuff inside? Is it is it cologne or is it aftershave? So he's putting on aftershave. The difference between cologne and aftershave, scholars uh, lost the research behind the difference. I, I truly don't know what the difference is. If anybody can call in and tell us what the difference is between aftershave and cologne, please let me know because I'm willing to bet that cologne would have also stung, you know, eight year old Kevin McAllister's face or nine or however 
however old he's supposed to be. You're not that far from the Home Alone house. It's up in uh, Wilmette, right? Winnetka. Island Park? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it Winnetka? Winnetka. Come yeah. on, Randy. That's like a different level of wealth. I should know that up there in the North Shore there. Uh, Corey in Pennsylvania. Corey, you're on ESPN Radio. I remember my go-to in high school was always CK1. Yes. And uh, any girl that wore uh, cucumber melon, that like that was the girl's that was the girl's scent was cucumber melon. Corey, are you thirty six years I'm, old? Forty two. Forty two, my <laughs> man. All right, I had you as a younger I, because CK one to me is like you go to the counter and you're like, I want to smell like a Tower Records. How do I make this happen? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I've grown up a little bit. I've uh, moved on to Kel, uh, Kenneth Cole Black. So it's a, it's a little more of an adult cologne, but yeah, high school was always uh, Calvin Klein, or and then for the girls, it was always uh, cucumber melon. Had a way, yep. Bad Bath and Beyond, Beyond Beyond the smells. I appreciate it. Uh, do you remember? Did you did you Courtney wear any of the Bed Bath and Beyond stuff? Bath and Body Works, you mean? Excuse Bath, Bed Bath me. and Beyond's a store that sold like <laughs> like small appliances. It just is going out of business right now. Did you try to smell like a dustbuster? <laughs> I I will like the Bath and Body Works. I, Bath and Body Works. I that's where the cucumber melon thing. I absolutely had that lotion at some point in my life. I haven't been to a Bath and Body Works, or I hadn't been until this past summer. Why, you ask? So at the Seaport, our studios in New York City, they had a lotion in the women's bathroom. And I remember like just using it one day. I was like, oh, this actually smells pretty good. And I went back, and I was like, there was barely any left in it. So I took a picture of the bottle. It was called Ivory Cashmere. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to Bath and Body Works. This, is, this looks like relatively new packaging. And I went to one in Lower Manhattan. Couldn't find it. Went to another one closer to Midtown. Couldn't find it. Had the audacity to finally ask a salesperson, hey, you got this ivory cashmere? And this lovely woman told me, no, that was a discontinued scent. But I can try to sell you on all of these other ones akin to (laughs) ivory cashmere. So spraying it on those pieces of paper and then you're supposed to smell it. Like The problem for me is that when you do that, that scent gets stuck in my nose hairs and I can't get it out. So I'm doomed. I'll never be able to uh, differentiate between scents. disintegrate, yeah. And so I went on Amazon. I'm like, somebody surely has to be selling this ivory cashmere. And lo and behold, these third-party distributors on Amazon are selling it for like $100. I did not buy it. I did not buy the dupe of it either because you never really know. But that was my last time probably ever in a Bath and Body Works. <laughs> Thoroughly disappointed. I couldn't the, find my scent. You got to do the coffee beans, though. The coffee beans are supposed to be like that a nasal doesn't reset. That no? does not work. It's not a palate cleanser. It's not, not, a, for, not for these sensitive nostrils. Nostrils. All right. Let's get to uh, – It's she's Courtney Cronin. You just heard, heard her talk. About her nose hairs. So I'm Randy Scott. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Let's get to Judith in Indiana. She's been patiently waiting for a call to just explode on. Let's go, Judith. Okay, here's the deal. I'm in Kokomo, Indiana. I called in to say, sometimes it's not the perfume or cologne. It's how a person is wearing it. Too much will turn you off. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. I know it, what you're saying. It, it, you know what I mean. We couldn't, as a, to what perfume I used to wear as a young person, I'm working towards 80 years old, and we couldn't afford perfume or cologne. Okay. We were lucky to have lunch money 
to go to school, okay? Okay. But as I get older, uh, I would start getting a perfume. Every... See, cologne here is considered the kind of watered-down version of a scent. Perfume was this strong, expensive stuff. Okay. 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 So I'm just throwing in there the idea of how you wear so, the scent. Okay, so Judith, my, my father's turning 80 this year, um, class of uh, 61 in high school, and he... I think if I, I remember right, he wore English leather, I think was something he yes. wore. Yeah. Yes. And I'm just curious if fellas at your high school would have worn something similar for, you know, a social or a They didn't like wear uh, cologne yeah. or perfume, uh, the, the boys. Okay. Uh, their idea was to be good at basketball yeah. or some sport. Well, it's Indiana. Yeah, it's a rite of passage. Judith, thank you so much for calling in. All right, have a great weekend, Judith. We appreciate it. We have time for Adam in Chicago. Adam in Chicago. So we're just working a little farther north from Indiana, from Buffalo, Indiana. We're going up to Chicago. Adam, you're on ESPN Radio. How's everybody doing today? So the difference between cologne and aftershave is aftershave is supposed to soothe the skin, or cologne like stands on its own. That's according to the Google machine. Okay. <laughs> um, Thank you, sir. Yeah, so growing, I'm 41. Uh, growing up, I listened to enough Snoop Dogg to know that Johnson Baby Powder and Cool Water Cologne is where it's at. Mm-hmm. But to this day, I continue to wear Michael Jordan as well. You you still wear oh, Jordan? Oh, Randy, you got to tell him the story. Okay, so Adam, I appreciate you calling in. Does Jordan still have the rubber bottom, I wonder? Like the sneaker bottom to the bottle? Do you guys remember that? It used to have the rubber bottom. So when I was in high school, again, we've touched on the fact that I was a little hesitant to go ahead and shower with a bunch of dudes when I was in high school, so I would mask it. I would take a shower in the sink, right? You just kind of slather yourself up, little little hand soap or whatever it was out of the dispenser. I was a never nude. And then you'd go and you'd dry off, and then it's all cologne to mask the smell. And the cologne that I would have was Michael Jordan's cologne. Problem was, one time we were playing against, I don't know, Parkview or Broad Run or one of these like podunk high schools out in Loudoun County near where I grew up, and I threw my bag on the bus and I heard glass break. In my like team issue gym bag, and th- it was like a cologne grenade went off in that bag. It just soaked everything in it, like uniforms, practice stuff, shoes, all of it. And honestly, Courtney, you say that like you are so smell sensitive. You're so sensitive. You said that you would get a migraine over even an average smell. This was yeah. like I was carrying around a bag full of migraines, a bag full of Courtney Cronin migraines because it smelled so strong for the rest of the year. How how did the Michael Jordan cologne break if it had rubber on the bottom? Rubber though? bottom. So I think I hit the side of the thing, or maybe the little just... basketball dimple in front. You guys know what I'm talking about. See, LeBron James's cologne wouldn't have broke. Does no? LeBron have a cologne? No, I don't know. It's just LeBron, LeBron. James's cologne would have changed bags every four or five seasons, wouldn't it? <laughs> Michael Jordan's never really did that, did it? Huh? <laughs> She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. <laughs> Nico in California, Bob in Ohio. We're going to keep this conversation going. Please stay with, especially Nico. He's waiting so long, but we got to get to a break. We're going to talk about playoff Jimmy as well. Does Miami need him to eliminate the Celtics tonight? All that after Courtney has this word from NHTSA. Thank you, Randy. Every day there are drivers on the road who decide not to buckle their seatbelts. Some of those drivers are going to be ticketed by law enforcement. Some of those drivers who crash are not going to make it home. Buckling up is the single most effective way to protect your life in the event of a crash and make it home safely to your loved ones. Don't risk it, click it, or tick it. Paid for by NHTSA. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. The NBA playoffs. Behind the back dribble, puts up a three against Vincent, and he drills it. Tatum gives the Celtics their largest lead. We're down 3-0. We ain't put too much pressure on ourselves. We got try to take it one game at a time. We weren't thinking about winning four in a row tonight. We're just trying to save our season and win a night, and we did that. Continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs on Canty and Carlin. Courtney Cronin from Chicago, Randy Scott here, Bristol, Connecticut. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You can join the conversation on the CC call-in line, which today has three C's, my friends. The third one stands for Cologne. 888-SAY-ESPN's the number, 888-729-3776. What is the first cologne or perfume that you started wearing as a youngster or, or that you remember people wearing? Uh, it could be a significant other, it could be... Uh, parents, friends, whatever it is. Uh, we're welcoming in on that CC call-in line, though. Kevin Pelton, our ESPN NBA writer, uh, joining us ahead of Game 5 between the Celtics and the Heat. And and Kevin, I'm on record as saying we're going to see a, a Game 7 in this series. Courtney says it wraps tonight. I'm not asking for a prediction, at least not off the bat, but what did Boston do in Game 4, either learn, expose, or just what worked that they can build on here for tonight's Game 5? I mean, honestly, I think a lot of it was they made shots. Like the first three games of the series, it was shocking Miami's, you know, advantage from the three-point line, which is something that has been such an important part of Boston's success all season. And you know, as, as we know, and it's been discussed widely, uh, Miami was 27 in three-point percentage during the regular season. 
they probably should have shot better than that when you look at the guys that they have and, and how much better they shot in 2021-22 when they were the number one seed in the East. But uh, not not the kind of 40% plus stuff or nearly 50% we saw in the first three games of this series. And, you know, that fell into the 20s. Boston made 40% from three point beyond the three-point line for the first time in this series, which has sort of been their magic number this season as our uh, Tim Bontemps has been tracking and pointing out for a while. And, you know, I do think that they were, you know, they, they showed more resiliency in the face of Miami's runs. They didn't, you know, uh, start thinking about Cancun when they had the opportunity to do so when they fell behind in this game. But that, to me, is the single biggest factor in what's going to kind of drive the series going forward. All right, Kevin, hang tight. I think we're going to work on the uh, on the phone connection there just to get rid of some of the some of the sort of static, you know, uh, popcorn popping. But that's an interesting. I mean, it is a broad concept, and he's and he's patient as he explains it to us. But yeah, the Celtics made more shots, and I think maybe a regression to the mean. Now, does it happen? And I mean that from a Miami Heat standpoint, Courtney. Like, does it happen in time to save the season for Boston? Uh, at the very least, it happened in time to extend the series because Boston couldn't continue to struggle from the three the way that they had. And quite frankly, Miami doesn't have the shooters to continue to be that hot from three. So it did sort of, you know, Boston rose a little bit. Miami sank a little bit. Is that going to continue? Is Boston going to stay on the offensive ascension? Or is order going to be restored, so to speak, Eric Spolster style, going back to games one through three? You, you wonder where the 17 and a half points that they've gotten from Gabe Vincent throughout the series, where are they going to be able to like you know accumulate that from? Because if Boston can shoot the way that they did, you've got to find some way to even that out. So, I I mean, the three-point line is where they won the game in game four, and mm-hmm. it's been such an inconsistent thing for literally the best three-point shooting team in the regular season, whereas Miami all of a sudden comes on hot from three in the postseason. I, I would love to see that become a battle again tonight in game five because you know it's going to make it exciting. And when it is a do-or-die situation, really kind of for the heat too. Like, if they don't win this game – and yes, it goes back to Miami, and we know how good they've been. I think that that opens up a complete different conversation, and the pressure shifts down even further to Miami. All right, let's get back to uh, the phone line here. CC call in line 888-729-3776, where Kevin Pelton is back with us, our ESPN NBA writer. Uh, we talked about, or Kevin did, what Boston can sort of build on from Games 4 to Games 5. But uh, Courtney, I know you have your doubts that this series extends beyond tonight. I do. And Kevin, I, we were just talking about this with, with Gabe Vincent and the ankle injury. They lose a considerable part of their backcourt, which is already thin to begin with. Where do they get those 17 and a half points? Like, how can they make that up with anybody else on the roster? It, you know, do you expect that coming from Jimmy Butler? Does it come from somewhere else in his absence tonight? Yeah, I think this has to be an aggressive Jimmy Butler game to to make up for that. I mean, you're talking about probably extending Kyle Lowry a lot more than he's had to in this playoff run, where Gabe Vincent's success has allowed them to kind of limit him to the you know minutes totals in the 20s, uh, not have him be their primary option at point guard all the time. But now, you know, it's Lowry and, and Jimmy Butler are the two ball handlers you have, and and. Jimmy is going to have to come out with the aggressive mindset that we've seen at the end of games regularly, I think probably from the start, which he's more than capable of doing. We saw this in the Milwaukee series, but uh, that's the kind of kind of effort I expect from him tonight. So, uh, Kevin, we can't let you go without asking you about the, the showcase, the crown jewel come draft night, and that's Victor Wembenyama. My, my question about Wemby 
is why it is sort of rub- seemingly rubber stamped given his body type, right? His seven foot five, rather slight profile for now. Why that's rubber stamped when we had these concerns about Chet Holmgren coming out, like, hey, it's clear the body's not gonna not gonna hold up to an NBA, you know, uh, season and the rigors and demands and things like that. It seems like there were concerns about Chet and not about Wemby when, at least as an outsider, they have similar body profiles. Yeah, I think Wemby, not having seen him up close and personal as I have by this point with Chet Holmgren in the NBA Summer League, and then even when he uh, played in the, the Jamal Crawford crossover pro-am here in Seattle, like I think he's probably got a little more room to fill out than, than Holmgren does and, and bulk up a little bit. Not a lot over time, but you know, if you think of like the transformation that Kevin Garnett made from when he came into the league mm-hmm. uh, to you know becoming a veteran, he was always skinny, but you know filled out to a degree. I, I think the other element that you know people feel good about is this is something that his training staff and everyone around him has been concerned with for a long period of time uh brian windhorst and jonathan gavoni when they went over to paris to profile him had some good reporting and you know the way that uh you know the performance staff around him are managing his feet trying to take the load off trying to make him kind of as flexible as possible and make sure that we can keep him healthy but you know there is always i think going to be a degree of concern with someone of that size all right, Kevin, we appreciate it. You can follow him at K Pelton. That's P-E-L-T-O-N. On Twitter, he's Kevin Pelton, our ESPN NBA writer. Kevin, we appreciate the time. All right, thanks for having me. Again, the phone number, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. My Raider fandom very much being tested today as the news of Jimmy Garoppolo had another foot surgery in March shortly after this team signed him to a lucrative contract, and now the depth chart is Brian Hoyer at quarterback. We're going to dive into that. She is Courtney Cronin. I'm Randy Scott. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. 
Now, all I'm thinking about because this cologne conversation is just a cologne. It smells tropical, a little coconutty, you know, a little pina colada ish. That's all. I, I think that would sell. I think it smelled like spring break. That's all. Maybe that was at Bath and Body Works back then. Smell like day. regret. <laughs> Those like great decisions. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. She is Courtney Cronin. I am Randy Scott. You can join in the conversation on the CC call in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What was the first cologne or perfume that you started wearing once you became aware of your of your own scent and how you wanted to mask it with anything within arm's reach? Uh, there is a stink on the Las Vegas Raiders that seemingly no amount of handsome can fix. There is no Jimmy Garoppolo for men that will cover up the smell coming out of this Vegas Raiders situation. Jimmy G, Courtney Cronin, I say this as a Raider fan, okay? The news today, Raiders coach Josh McDaniels telling reporters that he wouldn't get into specifics of whether Garoppolo underwent a procedure, only saying that there were no surprises and that the quarterback would not be on the field for the start of OTA practices. Apparently, he had another surgery on his foot in March. McDaniels did allow that Garoppolo might be out until the start of training camp, though. Now, this is a foot issue that cost him the rest of his season starting in week 13 with the 49ers last season. Didn't come back. Lost his job to Brock Purdy. The Raiders just need competence at the quarterback position. They lost Jared Stidham. They lost Marcus Mariota. And yes, they lost Derek Carr. Derek Carr is now with the Saints. This is McDaniels updating the media and speaking on the new starter who's yet to start a game, Jimmy Garoppolo, today. You won't see him today. There's a number of guys that you're not going to see. Uh, again, I'm not going to. You'll see him. I mean, I'm not going to run down a list every time here. But um, you know, no, he's he's going through his process just like we knew he would. Um, nothing has happened that would surprise us based on you know the information we had. You know, rehabbing the things that they're rehabbing. And again, we know we don't play a game for over 100 days so they're doing everything they can do to, to get right and when they're all ready to go then eventually they'll be, they'll be back on the field okay yeah that's all well and good but we're talking about a new quarterback who's new to this scheme you come out of the Kyle Shanahan offense where Courtney seemingly you and I could get back there and have success because it's just so tailor-made for a certain quarterback skill set Josh McDaniels's offense unnecessarily complicated as it is turned Derek Carr into a turnover machine last season I would argue that the OTAs are pretty important for Jimmy Garoppolo, or rather training camp is very important for Garoppolo. But he's played in this offense before. He played for Josh McDaniels in New England, so I don't think from that sense it's too alarming. What's Mm. alarming to me is the timing of this. He broke his foot against the Dolphins in Week 13 last year when he was with the 49ers. Obviously things take time and you've got to figure out when you need surgery, but when did this happen? Because remember, remember... the day that like he they were supposed to announce him mm-hmm. after like you know he was supposed to sign his contract and everybody's out there they're waiting and apparently there's some hold up everybody has to go back and then they come back the next day did they discover something with his foot like we think what well, the time we're signing him if you're the Raiders hey everything's ready to go we're good to go oh wait a scan here during the physical process revealed you need a cleanup or some sort of procedure. Yeah. And that's what delayed everything. And then we just find out now, hey, he's not on the field. Wait, why isn't he on the field during OTAs? Oh, it's because he had this procedure. So I'll be really curious to find out when the timeline of this thing was because if he's not going to come back until training camp, that's still two and a half months away. 
that tells me that it was more recent than it was like you know long ago. <sighs> yeah, it tells me that it's you know Mark Mark Schlereth when he, when he worked here for a long time, while uh, you know Super Bowl champion with the Denver Broncos, and, and he said that he never he he's never known someone who used to have a back problem. Like once you have a back problem, you have a back problem for the rest of your career, sometimes for the rest of your life, and I think we see that with foot injuries as well. And I hope that's not the case with Jimmy Garoppolo, but as a Raider fan, I could go back through my old texts and everything once the Raiders landed on Garoppolo because people were like, "Hey, he's going to be great for you for 6 games next season." I mean, that's that's the joke. He's I don't know, the Anthony Davis of the NFL. He's he's uh, Jacob deGrom of the NFL, like a tremendous talent when he's healthy, but he's so rarely playing, you know, 16, 17 games. So that's what the Raiders need. And it dovetails nicely a new guy who would hope to catch a uh, hundred balls, you know, from Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's your all pro receiver, Devontae Adams, who said that he and the team don't see eye to eye on the direction of the franchise. He's coming into his 10th season. And McDaniel said of Adams, he said, hey, he has an opinion and a voice because he's earned it. You know, I respect the hell out of anything that he would say or suggest or anything like that. Where I think Adams has this point, to me it says that the Raiders have a multi-year plan. That Garoppolo was and is a bridge quarterback because there is no, they didn't draft a quarterback, Courtney. So, like, they, they, they behind, you know who the backup is right now? It's Brian Hoyer. And we've seen what Brian Hoyer was as a starter in 2017 with the Browns. And it wasn't good enough then, so I, I refuse to believe that seven years on, it's going to be this you know savior for a franchise. So to me, it is ultimately a bridge season for the Raiders, and this injury has just sort of forced that hand publicly ahead of schedule. And also, let's think about the Devonte Adams. What would make him happy? What would make him happy is if them working something out with Derek Carr. He went there because he wanted to play with his college teammate again and create magic in this offense, and that didn't happen in 2022. So then, I'm sure it didn't exactly sit well with him that he had given up working with Aaron Rodgers and leaving Green Bay to go to a place that was misery for him in his first season. So, I... I I, I'm not surprised at these comments and in replacing Derek Carr with Jimmy Garoppolo in the eyes of Devontae Adams is probably not an upgrade. So it's it's the grain of salt thing. I don't think this is going to be something that affects them throughout the year. I mean, but they also got rid of a couple pieces on offense, including Darren Waller, who they traded to the New York mm-hmm. Giants. So maybe he's not thrilled about that, too, and thinks that the offense has no direction. And Darren Waller, from what I understand, would probably still be a Las Vegas Raider if not for Josh McDaniels. That Josh McDaniels is the reason that Darren Waller is no longer on the team. We'll see what the kid out of Notre Dame does. Um, You know, it sounds like a a quality talent replacing another quality talent, but who's going to be throwing him the football? Uh, It all stinks for the Raiders, which reminds us what was the first cologne or perfume that you started wearing as a kid? Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott, and for the guys, join the conversation on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.